before there was Bo, Brett, or even Barry, there was Pat. Live from the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios, you're listening to The Pat Richter Show with Jim Rutledge and former Wisconsin Athletic Director Pat Richter. The Pat Richter Show on 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin On Demand. No Jim Rutledge today. My name is Jesse Nelson, and as your cousin's sub of the day with former Badgers Athletic Director and All-American Pat Richter in the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios, downtown of the Capitol Square. We hope you're enjoying your Thanksgiving week. Pat, how you doing on this fine Good day? Good Jesse. Good to have you with us today. Oh, yeah. Pleasure to be back with you, Pat. Hope uh, it's a great Thanksgiving for you and the family and everybody involved as uh, we enjoy one of the great long weekends, one of the great sports weekends of the year as well with basketball at every level, football at every level going on. It's exciting stuff, and we've got a lot of Badgers to get into. Of course, the Packers with a big game on Sunday. Let's go ahead and start with Badger football, though, because it is as big as it gets on Saturday. Rivalry game, the battle for the axe in Minnesota against the Gophers with a trip to the Big Ten championship game on the line. When you get Wisconsin and Minnesota together like that, Pat, I mean, you love having stakes on the game, and it's good to be back and have the rivalry in full force this year. Well, it really is. And this is it doesn't matter what the sport is, but, of course, the long-time rivalry in football, the oldest, if not the oldest, in college football, and uh, there's always something special about it. I mean, it was years ago when we used to play back in the 60s and 50s and early in that, uh, the, uh, when it was in Minnesota, for example, the team used to take a train up there, and uh, you'd take a train up and, or else take fly up and then take a train back on Sunday night, Sunday Sunday morning. So you can imagine the athletic director's excitement about playing a game up there and having to worry about all these athletes staying overnight at the hotel and come back the next day after they finish their eligibility and everything else. We happened to be up there that uh, at my junior year, and Minnesota had claimed the right to go to the Rose Bowl, and they had Sandy Stevens and a big team, and, and the first play of the game we uh, – we happened to have 10 men on the field instead of 11 on defense, and they threw an 80-yard touchdown pass. The guy in the scene of films, he's waving his arms like, "Hey, hey, nobody's out here, nobody's out here." We were down seven to nothing to start off the bat, but uh, won the game, and that kind of gave us a springboard into the next year, which was the uh, Rose Bowl year. That's unbelievable. What a story. Taking the train to Minnesota. Uh, the Badgers riding the momentum train into Minnesota. See what I did there? Seven wins in a row for the Badgers heading into this game on Saturday afternoon. Three o'clock kickoff in the Twin Cities. Uh, Pat, you got to be feeling good about where Badger football is at right now. Braylon Allen with another huge game against the Cornhuskers of Nebraska last week Saturday. This Badgers win, regardless of what else is happening. Badgers win, they get to go back to Indianapolis, which is crazy. Well, it's nice because they've known a long time, and I guess that's really the uh, kind of the uh, inf- in- most important thing is the fact that you've got it all in front of you. And I think that says an awful lot about the team and how Paul's prepared them. You know, when you say you've got a ch- your chance to win out and go into the championship, I think it's it's literally just like a championship game all the way through. And so each one of the ones that you had to play, whether it was Iowa. Or, whoever, Nebraska, each one of them had to be successful, otherwise you're not in. And that's the way you always like to have it. You always like to be able to control your own destiny, and that's what they've been able to do. And hopefully they can keep it up. It'll be tough up there. It'll be, I don't care who it is, and 
and when you, when you get in the last game of the season in Minnesota, it's going to be tough. They've they've had some difficulties. I think we had our strength against their strength, which is defense against their running attack. They've had a lot of bang guys banged up, and uh, I see where Ibrahim is coming back next year. So I'll have a big running back next year, but not to, not this weekend. And uh, and that's the more important thing is the fact that. Uh, you know, you've got the uh, the strength of the team and the offense is getting better. You know, I still don't think we've uh, maxed out yet. And it's, it's kind of a, I guess, a good thing to have. All we've only got maybe potentially two more games after this, that a bowl game and championship game to um, to uh, get any more improvement out of it. But I think that they're getting better and better each week. And I think the fact that Braylon Allen has just been, you know, lights out is just incredible and it's really helped the overall offensive scheme of things because you can certainly you know, play action pass with him is going to hold somebody in there because if you don't and he does get the ball, you're not going to be able to bring him down. One guy's not going to be able to do it. Running, running after contact is a big, uh, big, big thing with him. And he's just an amazing kid. I, I just was having to Google it today and on this, just to make sure where he, we went final act and, Say he's six two, but I, I, I have a hard time believing six two. It must be one of those pro uh, pro numbers or whatever. Yeah, he, he got so to wear his shoes when they measured him for that. Yeah, one. Yeah, exactly. And so, but when he goes through, he, he's got these old shoulder pads. We used to call them quarterback shoulder pads, just little small cups on your shoulders and not big wide pads or anything like that. But when he goes through the line, you can just see his body kind of firm up and tense up. And so when you hit him. There's nothing to grab. I mean, there's not a loose arm. There's not a loose jersey. I mean, everything is just so compact, and guys just bounce off him. And, of course, when he lifting that kind of weight, he is, it's still hard to believe the guy can do 600 pounds in a squat. I mean, I can't even fathom that thing. And uh, <laughs> you take the half the staff in the office, and you can put them on a scale to be like 600 pounds and try to lift them and be a tough thing to do. But he's he's a special kid and an athlete. He seems like a real nice young, nice young man. And... Uh, Pretty well grounded, and certainly as is indicated in kind of the press recently, he's got some real opportunities with the NIL, the name, image, likeness that he's already taken advantage of. And as a 17-year-old, he needs an adult to sign all his contracts, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, that's a compelling aspect of name, image, and likeness that we hadn't really thought of, I think, too much. Because how many circumstances are you going to have where someone's under 18 years old coming into college? It's crazy. Pat Richter show on 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app in Wisconsin on demand. Jesse Nelson in for Jim Rutledge with former Badgers athletic director Pat Richter. Pat, it's crazy to me that that as this season goes on, Braylon Allen is really the story of what has become a really successful football season. You couldn't have sold me at one and three at the end of September that the Badgers would be in a position to control their own destiny to get to Indianapolis and play in a Big Ten championship as a top 15 team in the country. And here we are going into this weekend. Braylon Allen really has helped, I think, this Badgers offense form its identity throughout the course of the year. And as they get set to play Minnesota, a game in which they're seven-point favorites on the road, it's just been an amazing turnaround for Paul Christ and the offense and that O-line and everybody involved. Yeah, and I think, as we mentioned, I think that seven points is the thing that scares me a little bit. But the fact is, is that the games we lost, you know, Notre Dame, Michigan, and uh, Penn State were games that uh, theoretically you, you should have lost based on their rankings and things like that. 
But the fact was is that we were basically, you know, played pretty good in most most all those games. They weren't they were sent up mostly or blowouts at the end of the game, but certainly during the game it was a lot closer than I think uh, people might have imagined and uh, we just kind of uh, didn't have the staying power and didn't take care of the ball on offense and and then got in trouble, and so that was the the big problem. But it was, uh, you know, the the rankings kind of play it out. In fact, that we lost to teams that are above us, and that we probably should have lost to, and uh, beat the teams we should have beaten. And uh, and so I, I don't think we've played our best football yet. And I think in that sense, that the line is getting a little bit better each time. And I think that. Uh, this one's going to be a real test up there with as noisy as it'll be uh, up at the stadium, and and it's just crazy. And it's you can't you got to throw almost the statistics out the window, but certainly I think uh, hopefully the running game is, is, is top notch with uh, Braylon, and uh, the, the passing attack is, is improved. And you know it's just that uh, we got to make sure that Graham makes the right kind of decisions. He sometimes he has a tendency to try to force things in into a kind of a small little opening, but uh, you can't just do that and get away with it all the time. So hopefully the running attack will be on top notch because once, once you get a running attack, you can keep them off the field, which is going to be important. And the defense, you just figure that they're going to be as, not as loose as last uh, Saturday, but uh, being able to keep them under control pretty much and keep the score low and so we have a chance offensively to get enough points to win the game. Yeah, I'm you know, starting to think of a couple of years ago when Wisconsin and Minnesota played in the de facto Big Ten West championship game and the snow was falling and the Badgers really just put their foot on the gas and ran over the Gophers at the end of that 2019 season. I'm starting to feel like there may be similar vibes again this weekend as they play up in Minnesota. Pat, take me back a little bit. I'm 30 years old. We spent a lot of time this offseason talking about Barry Alvarez as he stepped down as athletic director and, and his legacy and everything that he helped turn around the football program for as the head coach. Uh, when when Barry first got here, when you were in charge of the athletic program, it wasn't as one-sided of a rivalry as this has been the last 20 years, right? Like Minnesota was, in many regards, the better team for a while, correct? Yes, and a lot of the, what they did and that built up the record in terms of the number of wins and things like this was back when they were in even the 30s and 40s. They had some very, very powerful teams, national championship teams and things like that that they had there. And that uh, so they used to build it up. But they were very strong in the 50s and 60s, and they went to the Rose Bowl a number of times, and they had a very strong uh, team under Murray Warmoth. And, uh, but, you know, the thing that's a little bit odd is that I don't recall even doing anything with the the axe at that time. I don't know whether somebody couldn't find it or hit it or <laughs> whatever, but we played it up and played the. I know, and I was I was out injured in the first game, in my sophomore year in, in uh, 1960, and uh, and I think that they Minnesota won that game, and then we went up there the next year and we beat them when they were going to the Rose Bowl. But I don't remember running across the field to grab any axe or anything like that. I don't know if they, they didn't. Uh, we weren't as maybe they mailed it back in those days or something. <laughs> mailed it in rather than to take a chance on everybody kind of running across the field and getting all excited. But certainly when we uh, started in 1990, that became a very, very much of a talking point in terms of winning the axe. And there was Jim Huber used to be a kind of the uh, oh the. 
I guess the, the head of lore with respect to the acts, the historical, because he had been in Minnesota and then it came to Wisconsin, and so Perry would have him kind of put his spiel on the night before the game, and anybody that maybe come by that was a former player would talk about Minnesota and things like that. It became a nasty rivalry over a long period of time because anytime you have a game that's uh, at the end of the year, whether it's Michigan, Ohio State, or whether it's uh, Wisconsin, Minnesota, uh, it's always something special because uh, if you have a tough year, uh, you can kind of win that game and kind of uh, figure that things are now back in, in order and back on top of things, and it kind of gives you a springboard towards next year. And uh, and that's what you always had. I and mean, if you lost the game, it was an awful long off season. You may or may not be going to a bowl game, but it was an awful long time that you had to wait until you get back on the field and get a chance to redeem yourself and uh, have a winning season the next year. So it's a very important game in that respect. Yeah, Pat, obviously as as Wisconsinites and as Badgers fans, we're, we're super close to this rivalry. It always feels like it's extra important. But in the grand scope of college football rivalries, it is the most played rivalry in FBS college football. It is number one most times these two teams have played each other than any other rivalry. But obviously Michigan-Ohio State is this weekend, Alabama-Auburn. You talk about Harvard and Yale and the history there. But when you look big picture nationally, how impactful and how significant do you think the Wisconsin-Minnesota rivalry is? Because it feels big. Well, I think that certainly the press has made a big thing about the Iron Bowl and whatever in Alabama because of Saban and the success that they've had. But I think Wisconsin has uh, elevated the the meaningfulness of the Paul Bunyan's acts and things like that because of the success that we've had over the last 30 years. And, uh, And I think that means something. And so that there's... There's always a likelihood, not always, but uh, the likelihood that Wisconsin was going to be favored is uh, is probably more prevalent now than has ever been, and uh, and so it's it's an important game in that respect. And certainly, when you're number fourteen, fifteen in the country, and certainly you're probably not going to get into the playoffs, but you're at least in the mention of the teams that are ranked in that in those in those standings, and then and that means something. So it means that every time that they do the scores, they go down, you know, from twenty five on down, you know, your school is going to be mentioned and put in there, and uh, and I think it's just obviously just it's. It's turned out it's, it's not a it's a very healthy rivalry, but it's a nasty one. <laughs> Whether it's basketball or hockey or or football, it's always something about it. The bragging rights. A lot of those people up in the Hudson and the areas up in the northwest part of the state, with respect to bragging rights in Minnesota. I mean, they know it's really very important to be successful, and uh, and so it does have a lot of meaning. And I think nationally, it. It plays off of that because when you start talking about something that started in the 1800s over 100 years ago, that really means something. And people I mostly say probably think, well, gee, what, mean they played football back then? I mean, they have no <laughs> idea what it was like. But so I think in that respect, there's something arguably, uh, you know, kind of fanatical about the fact that Paul Bunyan's ox. I mean, you can have the, the Floyd of Floyd of Rosemont or and you can have the Heartland Trophy, you yeah. can have all those other trophies. But certainly the biggest thing is the fact that this one has stand the test of time. It's got a special place in the locker room, and everybody wants to uh, 
make sure that it's prominently displayed, and you want to make sure it stays there for the next year as well. Glad to tell you, Pat, between the Heartland Trophy and the Paul Bunyan's Axe, there's been a lot of dust collecting on the Badgers trophy case the last decade. Those trophies don't tend to move too much, so we'll see if no, that's, that's the case. No, that's what you like to have. Maybe <laughs> polish them up in your own backyard, not on somebody else's place. Exactly. We'll see if that's the case again Saturday afternoon, Wisconsin-Minnesota, 3 o'clock kickoff, ESPN-Wisconsin College game day with Alex Strofe, Monte Ball, and Adam Mertz gets it started from 1 o'clock, taking you up till kickoff here on 100.5 ESPN. Badger football, not the only Badgers program having a big week this week. How about that basketball team in the Maui Classic in Vegas? We're going to talk about that coming up next. It's the Pat Richter Show on 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin On Demand. You're listening to Madison's home for Milwaukee Bucks basketball. Giannis saying, take that. 100.5 ESPN and Wisconsin On Demand. The Maui Classic and I have two things in common this week. We were originally scheduled to be in Hawaii, and we are not. Me, because it was our honeymoon, and we got canceled because of COVID-related things. And the Maui Classic, because of COVID protocols, moving to Las Vegas. That's where the Badgers are. Getting set for the Maui Classic Championship game this afternoon. 4 o'clock tip on ESPN-TV and the ESPN app. It's the Pat Richter Show on 100.5 ESPN, by the way. Jesse Nelson in for Jim Rutledge, making me your cousin sub of the day. And the Badgers and St. Mary's playing for the championship. A bit of an unexpected final. Pat, as we watch the Badger basketball team in action here over the last few days in Vegas... They're looking good. Big win over Houston on Tuesday afternoon. I mean, this is an impressive start for a young team. It really is. I, I missed the first one against Texas A&M, and I thought we'd have difficulty because Buzz uh, Williams always seems to come up with something when he plays the Badgers and does really well. But somebody said maybe his new hairdo didn't uh, do him well. He's not the buzz cut or short haircut. It's kind of the swaft come a European look I guess it was but uh, you know they started off in, in trouble uh, which is you know we've done that a lot these uh, occasionally get so far behind that we always seem to win the next uh, part of the game but you've got such a big uh, hill to overcome and, and to climb that you never really get it done and so that was uh, the real concern but to pull it off at the end and have a good run you know when more and more you watch these games more and more you start to go, like the coaches are talking about, there's always going to, each team's going to have a run somewhere along the line, maybe one or two or three or whatever. And they just run off of a string of points and you can't do much about it. You see it happen in the pros or all over the place. And so they got on a roll and uh, playing well and get a little confidence. And I think that's very, very important from a, for a young team standpoint. That's something they mentioned on television you know, yesterday. And uh, the fact that against Houston, they said one of the younger teams around, and they said only, you know, Davison was the only senior that came back and uh, played it out. And uh, the guys are giving, they're kind of feeding off of each other. And I think in that respect, it's really a healthy situation. And uh, Davison still kind of is a field general with respect to the time we've been around. 
but more and more, you know, you see Davis uh, taking uh, things into his own hands. Tyler Wall doing a good job. All the everybody seems to have a good role play, and I think that the experience that they're having and building up a little bit more of a knowledge of the game and how it is, how fast the tempo it is, and for Chucky Hepburn and. Uh, and Lauren Bowman, they're they're coming along, and they're going to be good players. They still are a little bit rusty on kind of occasion and uh, hanging on the ball, but I think that the game last night, when the first part, the first half was as good a game of basketball for the Badgers that I don't know if I've ever seen before. It just really was uh, amazing. I mean, everybody throws it up and it's going in, and then uh, second half, you know, we'll go back to the same old, same old, and it's tough to make a shot, but uh, get it while you can. When you build up a 20-point lead, it's pretty tough to overcome that in a period of time. You figure you're not going to just go scoreless, and so if you can score a, you know, a dozen points or so, they've got to they've score 32 to beat you and 33, and so in that respect, it's, uh, it's a lot different. It's a lot tougher, but they played well. They played a good, they got a good rebounding out of the boys, uh, uh, the good, good balance of shooting, and they did a little bit more of the swing. They, they, they still keep talking about, well, they're going to Wisconsin slow it down. Well, I mean, you scored 40 points in the first half. That didn't seem to be much of a slowdown. And, and you got a team that's supposed to be running is only scoring 20. So what does that tell you? So they uh, they play the game as they have to, and they've got good size. And I think just built up a little toughness, a little strength, and. Uh, and being uh, keep taking care of the ball is really going to be uh, their hallmark, and I think should be a very interesting year. It's the Pat Richter Show. Jesse Nelson in for Jim Rutledge with former Badgers Athletic Director Pat Richter on 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin On Demand. Pat, I'm sure head coach Greg Gard uh, wouldn't mind if he never has to hear a question or have to ever talk about secret videotapes and whatever ever again from last season and everything we heard about in the offseason. But what kind of job is Greg Gard? How much credit do you think he deserves for the great start that this really young team has found having a chance to win one of the marquee early season tournaments in college basketball? Well, it still comes down to the fact that uh, this is uh, one of the top uh, kind of tournaments at this time of the year. I mean, we went, I think it was kind of the kickoff to going to the Final Four in 2000 and uh, right around that time. And it's always a good tournament, good good, good teams in, in playing it. And the coaches are really the key. Uh, I mean, obviously, you know, you can't, the coach is the head coach, but he's got three assistants. And uh, he seemed to have filled in the blanks when he made the change and brought in uh, uh, Sharif Shambliss, who had a little experience with respect to not only coaching but playing in Wisconsin. And so it seemed like they seemed to be working together. And we have a younger group like this. They come in, and for the most part, there's a few of the guys around that were went through this last year, Wall and, and Strove and things like that. But uh, for the most part, uh, not a lot of players, but I think that they certainly learned something. And they're having fun. And I think that that, uh, that really means a lot when you went through uh, the kind of things that they went through last year and then to kind of converge on the other side and to, uh, with the pandemic and make it, just make it really a tough time for, for, to, to play ball and to come out this year. And, uh, like I say, you can see that Davis has really improved a lot. This, uh, summer baseball with the U.S., uh, excuse me, the summer basketball with the U.S. Base, basketball team really meant an awful lot to him. And I think you could just see the, 
the defense is much more improved. The jumping, he's just uh, with the shot making he's got. I mean, they were really Billis was really impressed, and I think for for Jay Billis to be impressed, I think is is really something. And I think that uh, that summer experience has really meant an awful lot to Davis, and I think that uh, it's going to carry him in all, all a long way with the years to coming up. And I think you just got to make sure you don't get in any foul trouble and or injuries and things like that, because we saw what happens when he's injured and not playing. Wisconsin playing St. Mary's in the Maui Classic Championship game, 4 o'clock on ESPN and the ESPN app. Uh, One week from Saturday, Wisconsin Marquette at the Kohl Center, and with the great start that the Golden Eagles have had with Shaka Smart taking over in year one, that should be a fun, juicy game, 11.30 on December 4th at the Kohl Center. Pat, have your expectations changed for Badger basketball after the first two weeks of the season here? Well, I'm certainly encouraged. I think that uh, early on it was hard to tell with uh, Davis not playing and uh, things of that nature, but I think that uh, to see that how they can put it together I think is important for uh, not only fans watching, but certainly for the team to understand that you know, when they put it together, they can really do some great things. And in that respect, uh, Everybody's uh, on board in that regard, and so I think that uh, it should be. It's going to be tougher than Dickens in the Big Ten, no question about it. I mean, it's just stacked. I just happened to watch some of the Michigan State game today, and they just seem to be loaded over there. I mean, they had a tough, uh, tough go uh, in their game with against with Loyola, and of course Loyola's brought back a lot of guys from last year too. But uh, Michigan State's got a lot of uh, subs that they can put in there that are really big-time players. And so it's going to be tough, but uh, I think that uh, we're not, we haven't fallen as far as a lot of people think we've gone. And, and it's nice to know we're a little bit younger, and there's still uh, a lot of upside there. So I think that, uh, you know, it's going to be an interesting year for them. I think that they are going to surprise some people and probably stub their toe on some things that they shouldn't do. But uh, I think uh, we're not going to probably be in the hunt for the championship, but certainly be a spoiler for sure. Definitely an encouraging start, as you say, to the start of this Badger basketball season. This is the Pat Richter Show on 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app in Wisconsin On Demand, brought to you in part by Oak Park Place, offering seniors and their loved ones peace of mind. Find the right balance of the care you need centered around your lifestyle. Move to a community with neighbors that become like family. Enjoy the comforts of your apartment with an abundance of events just outside your door. Choose the fit that is right for you, from independent living to assisted living, memory care, and short-term rehabilitation. Oak Park Place, with locations on Madison's east side, in the Nakoma neighborhood, Janesville, and Baraboo. Visit oakparkplace.com to learn more. Our Sounds of the Week come Coming up next on the Pat Richter Show featuring some comments from both Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers and head coach Matt LaFleur. That's coming up next. This is the Pat Richter Show on 100.5 ESPN. You're listening to Madison's home for Milwaukee Bucks basketball. Big bucket from Pat Connaughton. 100.5 ESPN and Wisconsin On Demand. Show 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app in Wisconsin on demand in the Park Bank, ESPN Madison Studios, downtown Madison on the Capitol Square. And this Thanksgiving week, Jesse Nelson alongside former Badgers 
Athletic Director Pat Richter. Time now to get to our Sounds of the Week, presented by the great team over at Simden Chevrolet in Mount Horeb. These are the Sounds of the Week on the Pat Richter Show, brought to you by Simden Chevrolet in Mount Horeb. You're only minutes away from a better buying experience. All right, Pat, on Wednesdays, Aaron Rodgers always meets with the media. He's been meeting on Zoom since he tested positive for COVID. Today, as he met with the media, he was asked again about this toe injury that people have been speculating about and clearly is starting to get to Rodgers a bit that he keeps getting asked so much about it, probably because he's in a lot of pain, as he keeps saying. But here was the exchange when he was asked about it again today with the media. So if I have enough room on this camera, let me see if I can... Oh, oh, there's no lesions whatsoever. I have a fractured toe. Uh, so I expect a full apology from uh, Molly Knight and whoever her editors was. I did get a kick out of reading that article. Uh, that was very, very interesting. But, uh, no, I'd never heard of COVID toe before. Uh, Pat made a joke about it on the show. Um, and I mentioned yesterday that it's, you know, worse than a turf toe. And it must be a bone issue. I can't believe I have to, again, come on here and talk about my medical information but yeah i have a fractured toe i've never heard of covid toe before i have no lesions on my feet uh that's just a classic case of disinformation it's surprising coming from what used to be a reputable uh journalistic institution but um that's that's the world we live in these days so pat a long answer there he actually lifted up his foot and put it in front of the camera to show everybody which yeah <laughs> good, good on well, that. I, I, I know I could probably beat him on the bad look toes. You know, feed myself. Pat, I'm not going to challenge you to do so. Uh, I'll, no, I'll say that. Give my, take my word for it. I'm putting him up right in the air right now. And they're not very good looking. <laughs> well, you know, it's kind of surprising because uh, until he mentioned that, I don't know that anybody had been talking about a fractured toe. I mean, that's such an unusual uh, thing to happen. I don't know whether somebody step on it with a cleat or whatever happened, but, uh, you know, if it's on the left foot, every time you push that foot forward, if it's a little toe, I guess he did say it was a little toe, didn't he? Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, it's the little pinky toe. toe on the left pinky foot. Pinky toe. Yeah. So you're kind of pushing against that when you're throwing things like this, but uh, I, the, other, the other hand, you can immobilize it pretty well by taping it together with the other toe and trying to not maybe put a splint in there, which would be uncomfortable. But, uh, you know, if you had it last week, I guess he didn't say when he really picked it up, but if you had it last week, he did a pretty good dog on a good job with respect to that problem. But uh, he gave out a lot more information than he usually does. He said it was a fractured toe. But uh, I guess if you're talking about lesions and whatever, there's a certain amount of information that you have to provide the NFL uh, for certain times of the week. And I suppose he probably torn between having to do that and letting somebody just speculate as to what's wrong with it. Yeah, pretty crazy interaction there, but you can tell he's getting frustrated with a lot of the speculation. <laughs> but, I mean, again, if, if he goes for 385 yards, four touchdowns, no picks, and he's got a toe that's bugging him, like I, I think Packers might be okay on Sunday against the Rams. We'll Break see. a couple more. <laughs> well, let's, let's maybe not go that far. But, yes, I mean, he's, he's clearly still playing at an MVP caliber pace. Sounds of the Week continue. Rodgers appearing on the Pat McAfee Show on Tuesday this week. 
Not talking about himself, but the other injuries the Packers are experiencing. We've had, uh, we've had, you know, a number of uh, ACLs that have hurt us, and obviously we've been wanting Dave to come back for a while, and he's just not not quite ready. So it's been a it's been a grind, but we got a home game against a good opponent uh, this week, and and we're gonna have to find a way and get to the bye at nine and three. No Aaron Jones, and without the two best offensive linemen on the team, David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins. Jenkins out for the rest of the year with a torn ACL from last weekend's game in Minnesota, Pat. At what point are the injuries too much for the Packers to be able to handle? Because Jenkins missed some time earlier this season. Without Bakhtiari out there, the team was okay. But playing against a really good team in the Rams this week, I'm starting to get worried. Yeah, I think you're going to get Aaron Daniels uh, up uh, all over the place on Sunday. In respect, it's going to be tough on anybody who plays in there. But I see what they activated, Braden and, and uh, Nimgar, I think it was name. Seem to be do a decent job, but uh, yeah. you know it's just uh, it's just too many times. And, and the other thing is, you, you figure that well, Jenkins is lost, but he's going to be the same kind of timetable that Bakhtiari had last year or this year. I mean, he's going to be out until middle of season next year, probably. But uh, you know, it's just kind of a disconcerting. For, you know, what's happening to Bakhtiari? Apparently, has some scoping and cleaning out to do, which I. Suppose is maybe not totally unexpected and things like that, and but uh, it, it's just going to be a, a tough road to Hawaii. I thought I heard that they, they cleared Aaron Jones to play and and uh, Lazar as well. So if you get uh, a couple of those guys back, uh, it's the kind of thing where you're going to have to make sure you get the right kind of a system and being some short shots, uh, not give a guy a good long pass rush and a new tackle or left guard left tackle. And uh, you know, your blind side, you don't want anything taken care of to hurt the Rob, uh, Rogers in that respect. And so it's going to be a difficult thing, but it seems to me that they've been adapting all year, and it's just business as usual, so to speak. And uh, anyway, it's tough with the Rams, but uh, maybe we'll get some cold weather in there and get them a little bit frosted up and uh, play a good game and uh, come out on top. But it's going to be a tough one. and. Uh, but, you know, he seems pretty confident. I think they're very confident in the system that they can score some points. And defense is going to have to play better than last week in terms of uh, shutting down the passing attack a little bit better. Uh, Gary is supposed to be coming back and get a little bit of pass rush. So, you know, it's kind of like you get three steps forward and two steps backwards. So we're just inching along. <laughs> yeah, one at a time. Hopefully... Sunday's game against the Rams doesn't come down to a last-second field goal. It's the Pat Richter Show, 100.5 ESPN. Jesse Nelson in for Jim Rutledge. These are the sounds of the week presented by Simden Chevrolet and Mount Horeb. Speaking of that kicking unit, Matt LaFleur on Monday addressing the entire operation, still having some issues, but still having faith as well. Our operation has got to improve, and that's from the snap to the hold to the kick. So we'll continue to work on that, and then, you know, um, but certainly have a lot of confidence in Mason. Never would have sent him out there if we didn't on a 54-yarder, and he came through. Mason Crosby did make a 54-yard field goal in the loss to the Vikings, a great game last Sunday. Pat, I've asked Wilde and Tausch this week. I've asked Jim Rutledge this week. I'll ask you now, do you have faith in Mason Crosby to go kick a game-winning field goal in a playoff setting? I think when you say a game-winning field goal, I think I'd say yes. I think... Uh... If it was something that was maybe just as a routine three-pointer or a field goal or or extra point, maybe you say, well, he's maybe a little, little bit uh, 
casual about, about the whole thing. But I think when things are long, I think he's still a pretty top-notch player. I, I think that, you know, when I you see some of these pictures, the films where you're seeing the snap, you're seeing the hold, you're seeing the kick, I mean, that is not easy. And I, I don't know about Bork, Bork the kicker. Is, yeah, Bajorquez, yeah. Yeah, he, Bajorque, he's, he's the holder right now. When that ball comes back, these guys are firing it back to pretty fast, seven yards. You got to you got to get it down. You got to get your finger on it. You got to try to get the, the laces, you know, straight up and on the back side of the ball, so you're not kicking into it. It's, it's kind of facing the goalpost. And uh, and then the other guys, I think they're getting a little bit of a push. Uh, Mason has uh, maybe a tendency to get the, sometimes a little bit lower kicks, but uh, the one Saturday. You know, they, these guys are like golfers. They have the tendency when you're kicking the wall, you expect a, a little bit of a draw right to left. And uh, and when it doesn't happen, you know, they're missing on the right side and uh, hitting the goal posts and things like that. And so I, he hadn't went through this a couple of years ago. I think that they bound to be a little bit uh, unhappy. And it seems like they're kind of always talking through the process, like uh, Lafleur said. And I think that, uh, that that's... It just seems to me that that's where the issue is. It's the question of getting that ball down and getting it facing the right way and getting that confidence. I mean, he, when he's thinking about it, it's like almost freezing the kicker and saying, okay, we're going to call timeout. And uh, and sometimes if you think of your guy's going to be a little bit of a problem with the hold, you're going to have problems with that as well. So so he's he's thinking through himself not only the kick itself but the process, which is not good. Yeah, and I don't know if anyone can safely say that you really trust the Packers to go kick a field goal. But like you said, Pat, it's this weird situation right now where I don't know if I trust them kicking a 35-yarder in the first quarter, but if you send Crosby out there for a 55-yarder to go win in Dallas in the divisional round, I feel confident about that. It's a yeah, it's a yeah. weird dynamic right now for the Packers kicking well, game. We had a kicker, remember a few years ago, John Hall, I think his name was. I mean, I think I have confidence that John could kick it a 60, 65 yarder, but 19 yarder, eh, maybe a little too easy of a chip shot. He's going <laughs> to take it a little too casual. This is the Pat Richter Show on 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin On Demand. Those are Sounds of the Week brought to you by Simden Chevrolet in Mount Horeb. We'll send us off to the Thanksgiving weekend and a check of how the college football playoff could be shaking out and a few other things around Wisconsin sports with former Badgers athletic director Pat Richter next on the Pat Richter Show. Streaming ESPN Madison at home is easy. Just ask Alexa to play ESPN Madison. ESPN Madison on Alexa is presented by UW Credit Union. Here for every you. On 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin On Demand. In for Jim Rutledge, my name's Jesse Nelson, your cousin Sub of the Day. The Pat Richter Show brought to you in part 
by J&K Security Solutions. If you need to protect your home or business, there's only one call that you need to make. J&K Security Solutions. At J&K, they work hard to protect the things that matter most in your life. For more information, call 255-5799 or visit jksecurity.com. Pat, as we get into the Thanksgiving weekend, a big football menu for this feast of a weekend, including Michigan-Ohio State. The game, big rivalry game Saturday at 11 a.m., playoff implications on the line. As you look at the college football playoff rankings this week, Oregon loses, Cincinnati moves up, and Alabama moves down. Some of the shaking going on at the top there. What do you think this committee's thinking with Cincinnati and some of the other teams in that top four? Well, I think one thing they're thinking of, they'd like to get an uh, Alabama-Ohio State uh, game in there somehow. And uh, with two and three, I think that can happen. And so I think that the, the Georgia is kind of the wild card. And in Cincinnati, they're not sure what they've got there, I think. Luke Fickle's a good coach, and he'll have them ready. But uh, I think they want to, to just make sure that you get protect the Ohio State, uh, Alabama, which appears right at the moment to be the best, uh, more exciting matchup than anything. I think maybe against Georgia as well. But uh, you know, you just you can't let uh, kind of look at the Cincinnati. Those guys can surprise you. I think we we played down there when we had a great team and. Uh, and we played in Cincinnati, and they kind of told us ahead of time, you guys won't win this game. And one way or another, we weren't going to win it. It was a little bit, a little <laughs> bit crazy because we had some calls that were questionable. But they're a tough bunch, and I think Fickle's got them playing hard. And uh, you knew it was going to happen sooner or later. Just give them a little bit of a crack and get the opportunity. Now they're just going to be uh, making sure that they don't uh, stub their toe, and it'll be a big incentive for the teams that they play to try to knock them off and get them out of that chance of opportunity. But uh, I think it's it is as exciting as it's going to be. If you added another two teams, four teams, you have Michigan and Notre Dame in there, what, what difference does it make? I mean, what uh, what's it going to mean? And I don't think it's really much of anything. I think the top four, the way it's set up now, is certainly enough, and they can get more teams in there. But I don't think it's going to get much more exciting than it is right now. The only argument I would have to that, Pat, is the Badgers season, which we saw you know, after that 1-3 and three start. It was a little tough to get some momentum going with the Army game and just a couple of weeks ago the Northwestern game. But if the conference champion, let's say you expand the field to eight, and the five Power Five conference champions automatically, you win your conference title game, you're in the playoff, you get the group of five that's highest ranked, and then two at large. That would be the plan I would propose. It it satisfies your New Year's six games. That can be your semifinals, your quarterfinals. It gives more meaning, actually, I think, to what the regular season would be. And while keeping the significance of each game week to week, I feel like the more I've seen this season play out, it's been more evident to me that that feels to me what college football needs, eight teams. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. And I think what you, if you did... I wouldn't be surprised to see the Big Ten roll back to uh, just a one uh, one division type of situation because right now you're going to knock off Michigan or Ohio State or Penn State or Michigan State, and that's obviously been the strongest part of the Big Ten. And I think if you went back and said championship, one champion in there and just they say the two best teams uh, play off at the end of the season, I think you're going to have a better opportunity to have a, a top-notch uh, champion in there as well. And I think they can 
more or less protect a little bit in that Ohio State and Michigan game. There's going to be something good at the end of the rainbow, and and that'll happen. And so uh, there has been talk about uh, going back to a just a one division type of situation and break up the schedule, which is always a difficult thing. But it'll provide some opportunity, so no question about it. But I think if you give the the division or the, the conferences the championship. Uh, entry into the to the playoffs, then it might force Notre Dame to do something too. They're kind of in the, sitting on the outside and kind of have to pick and choose and uh, kind of get the best of both worlds. So you might be onto something. So uh, keep talking about it. Well, Pat, we appreciate the time as always. We're out of it for this week. Enjoy Packers Rams. Enjoy the battle for the axe. And of course, have a happy Thanksgiving to you and your loved ones. You too, Justin. Thanks for sitting in. My pleasure. This has been the Pat Richter Show on 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app at Wisconsin On Demand. Remember, full show podcasts available free anytime on your time on Wisconsin On Demand. Have a happy Thanksgiving weekend, everybody. This has been the Pat Richter Show. You're listening to Madison's home for Milwaukee Bucks basketball. Giannis saying, take that. 100.5 ESPN and Wisconsin On Demand.